There are undoubtedly people here with us this morning who view what we're doing, this gathering together, as a, as a proper religious exercise, a proper religious activity. And uh, it, that is not what God wants for it at all. And the song that the children just sang, um, it speaks of the, of, the, of the years, the years of anguish and wrestling. I, I can testify personally that uh, when I went to church as a young person, I went to church because it was the, it was the right thing to do where I grew up, where I grew up in New England. It was appropriate. Everybody went to church. You either went to the uh, Protestant church in town, or if your town was big enough, you went to the Protestant church or the Catholic church, and that's and everybody did that. And it didn't really matter. The Protestant church didn't really matter. The denomination. It really it could be Congregational or Methodist or Presbyterian. It was just it was just not Catholic. That's really what it was looked at. It's just not Catholic. And I got to you know you go to church and you get to know the people that go to church. And uh, my parents owned a business, and so I got to see all the people that went to church. I got to see them all on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I got to see them in their normal lives. I got to see them. And I got to realize very quickly that people were so much different on Sunday than they were on Sunday when I saw them at church than they were everywhere else that I saw them. And it didn't take very long, I suppose, for me to realize um, why bother? I don't need that. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need one day of acting differently in my life. I can, uh, I can go sailing. I can go water skiing. I can go fishing. I can go hunting. I can play tennis. I can, you know, play on a softball team. I can do a hundred things. There's no reason to go to church. And if, and if going to church, and if going to church, if being here this morning is a religious exercise, then you can just skip it. Just skip the religious exercise. Because God didn't, doesn't, you're not going to get to heaven with it anyway. So just skip the religious exercise. But I, but I, but I desire, it's my desire, it's God's desire more significantly, that you not be here today for the purpose of religious exercise. But that, you, that you're here today either because there's a longing in your heart that something change, or there's a desire in your heart to be changed more, to grow. And you're free. Some, many of you in this room are free. You're already free. Set free by, by, by the power of God. New creatures. Bought by the blood. The passage that's in front of us today is a... It begins a long part of chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews, which we've been studying now, you know, verse by verse, section by section, for I don't know how long, for a long, long time. We reach one of the greatest warnings in the Bible today. We reach one of the greatest warnings anywhere in all of mankind today. We, we, we cross the threshold into that. As, you, uh, as John was reading, you get the verses 26 and 27, and there's the introduction to, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Can you imagine that? No more sacrifice for sins. There's nothing else that can be done. Listen to me. If you reject Jesus, 
If you reject Jesus, who is the Christ, who is the Messiah, if you reject His life, His payment for your sins, if you reject that, there are no more payments. There's nothing else. If you say, I, now listen to me, listen, it matters where you go to church because there are many churches, the majority of churches, the vast majority of churches in the United States of America today are not going to preach the gospel. They are going to ask people to behave better today and this week than they did last week to try harder. And if you do a good enough job, then you can go to heaven. And that will never work. It will never work. It will never work. And so it matters where you're going to go to church. What matters isn't what the music is like, although the music does matter. What matters isn't other pews, do the pews have pads on them, although everybody sitting on a padded pew is happy. But what matters is, is the gospel preached? Is, is the flesh rejected? Is human effort shown to be what it is, an absolute waste of time? And, it's, and, can, and can those that you would invite to be there, can they see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can they know that they can be forgiven of their sins and made a new creature? Amen? There's a, there's a, uh, a phrase that occurs a few chapters ago. I want you to go back to chapter 6 and verse 9 for just a moment. Chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, but beloved, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. And the thus speaking in the verses before that have to do with those that heard the truth and rejected the truth. And it says, but that which beareth thorns and briars in verse 8 is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned, but, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Things that accompany salvation. Listen to me. Please hear me. Oh, just, just I, if you don't have the things that accompany salvation, it's because you don't have salvation. Do you understand that? If, listen, if you have no desire for your Bible, no desire for the Word of God, no real desire to assemble together, not you made it, oh, praise God, I got into the building. That, 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 if, 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 your, if your greatest achievement of the week is to make it to church, you're not a new creature. You're just not a new creature. If you had a child, if you had a newborn baby, and it was hungry once a day, just once a day, you would go to the doctors because something would be wrong. My child is not hungry. My child doesn't want to eat. Something's wrong with my child. And yet, and yet many people that go to church on Sunday never open their Bible for the rest of the week. And you say, oh, okay, so if I have devotions, that will make me a Christian. No, it won't. No. But the fact that there's no desire to have devotions points out that you're not a Christian. Do you understand? Now listen, this is, it's, it's not a matter of works. It's not a matter of doing enough things. It's a matter of heart. It's a matter of the desire of your heart. What is being said here in Hebrews chapter 10? Let's look at it. It says, having, let's go to verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, 
to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. God has given you, if you have the Son, if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, then He has given you a boldness, a confidence. I can go talk to God right now. I can. I can. Now let me ask you, when is it that you recognize most that you need to go talk to God? When things aren't the way they're supposed to be. When you know in your heart things aren't the way you're supposed to be. But here's the thing, when things aren't the way they're supposed to be, right at that moment, you say, oh, I can't go see God yet. i got to do something right first. But see, that's Cain worship. That's you bringing your good works into the presence of God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Christian. Christian, if you fail, if you fall down, if you speak in a way you shouldn't speak or, or do something you shouldn't do, don't do something good before you approach God. Go by the blood. Amen. Having boldness. And by the way, notice what it says. Having, having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, through his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us, let us, let us draw near. Let us draw near. See, listen, we assemble on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday morning, all the time, all the different times that we assemble. We assemble together to come boldly together to the throne of grace. Let's go together to the throne of grace. Amen? Yes? Not let's have a class. I mean, and we may have a class. Not let's have a time of just prayer with each other. No, no. Let's go together to the throne of grace. Amen? Amen? Let's grow. Let's, let's, let's go forward as God would have us to. Let us draw near with a true heart. Now, I want to stop you right there. Now, listen. This, please hear me. If you're here this morning and the idea of drawing near to God with a true heart scares you, that's because you don't have this high priest yet. You don't have him yet. But praise God, you can. You can. You can. You can. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is confess, honestly confess that you are lost. I am undone. This I remember. Boy, I, rem I still, I mean, I remember the day when I just gave up. I just gave up. God, I, there's, there's no pleasing you with my strength. There's no place. And here's the worst thing about it. I don't even really want to. Can you imagine saying to God, I don't even really want to? I don't even really want to. Is there any hope? Can you rescue me? I don't even want to. And God says, I can still rescue you. I can still rescue you. Because I came to save sinners. Because I came to save sinners. It was a glorious day, the day that I was able to admit that I was a sinner. Because Christ doesn't save good people. Jesus won't save good people. Jesus only saves sinners. So if you're here this morning and you're a sinner, you can be saved. But if you're here this morning and you have been saved, and you know it, and the things that accompany salvation are true and real in your life, now, let's gather together. Let's go boldly to the throne of grace. Let's, let's meet with our God together. Let's let his word dwell within us richly. Let's let him make a change that we can't make. Can't make that change, can you? Can't, can you? Having begun 
in the spirit shall you be made perfect in the flesh? Nope. Nope. That which Jesus begins, guess what? Here's the good news. That which Jesus begins, Jesus will finish. Amen? But that which you began, you need to go ahead and just lay that down. If, you, if your salvation began with you, go ahead and put that down. Say, I want a different salvation now. I want a salvation that Jesus begins. I want a salvation that starts with the Lord Jesus Christ changing me, saving me, making me a new creature. I want to start there. I need to start there because this religion thing isn't working for me. It isn't working. And it doesn't matter what religion it is, by the way. The interesting thing is we would think that the, the people who are, who are lost and, uh, and confused and stuck in, in Islam or in, in, or in Buddhism or Jainism or Taoism or any other religion, we would say, oh, all those people, if they would only come to know Christ. You know what? If the vast majority of the people that are in Christian churches today only knew Christ. Amen. They came into a building with a cross on the roof, but they don't know Christ. All of all, all religious effort is vain. All of it. All of it. Not just those that are praying to Allah. Those that are praying to Jesus in their flesh, just as vain. Just as vain. Until, until, by a new and living way, a new and living way, until Christ has made you a new creature. Are you, and I mean, honestly, are you a new creature? And I'm not asking you to, you know, show off. But I'm asking you for your good, for your sake. Are you a new creature? You know, we, Mr. Wynn's funeral was yesterday. And Mr. Wynn is, is, is as patriotic as any man that you've ever met. Mr. Wynn is as patriotic as any man. He is a paratrooper. He is a, a World War II veteran. He is a, is a benevolent man. He has given great deals of monies to good, wonderful things. And the man that preached the, his funeral yesterday said this. He said, I believe, I believe that Jimmy Wynn is in heaven because I believe that he called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. He said, because all of his patriotic efforts earned him no favor with God. All of his benevolent giving earned him no favor with God. None of it. None of it. But the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, paid for Jimmy's sins. Amen? That's the only payment. Let us draw near with a full heart, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know, let me, let, you know, here's the interesting thing. I know, I know a, a fair number of you, really new creatures, born again. I've seen it. You can tell in your life. And the idea that we would ever abandon Christianity is just ludicrous to us. Just ludicrous. And I'm not talking about Christianity as in going to church. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They come in the door and they say, look, either renounce Christ or we're going to shoot you. Fire away, right? I mean, you're just going to send me home anyway, right? Shoot me first, please. Amen? Right? Just going to go home anyway. You know, this is, if you don't have this, if you don't have this kind of confidence, what do you have? If you have a, boy, I sure hope so. Sure, hope I get to go to heaven someday. No, that's terrible. Really, that's terrible. I know I'm going to heaven. Amen? And I know I had nothing to do with the fact that I'm going to heaven. Yes? In spite of myself, when I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Amen? 
But because that is true, I cannot move from these things. You know, when, they, when, they, when Jesus said to Peter, Peter, will you also go away? And Peter's answer was what? Where would we, where would we go? Where would we go? You have the words of life. You're the only one. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by you. Where would I go if I left Jesus? Why would we do that? Honestly, and here's why it's done. Because they don't have Jesus. The apostle says at one point, they went out from us because they were not of us. They just weren't the same thing. They came to church. They, they looked excited for a period of time, but then they went away. Why? Because they didn't have Christ. Amen? Do you know, it's very, very simple. If you have Christ, you have life. If you don't have Christ, you don't have life. Even if you have religion, you still don't have life. So do you have Christ? Do you have Christ? The warning in this passage is a very real warning. We're going to get to it. It's what we're going to look at. We're just going to see it for a couple of moments. We're just introducing it this morning. But before we get to the warning, I want you to understand why it's so horrible that this warning would have to be given when such a great gift has been given to us. Here's a wonderful thing about salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. He does everything. He does everything. Again, I go back to something that uh, Spurgeon was preaching about God's part in salvation. And, of course, Spurgeon preached God's part in salvation always. But he was preaching a, a conference, a series of messages on God's part in salvation. And somebody approached him after the message one night, and they said, why are you only focusing on God's part in salvation? Why don't you preach about your part in salvation? And he said, my part was to run as hard and fast as I could away from God. Why would I preach about that? Amen. I was doing everything I could to get away from God, and God chased me down and loved me when I was against him. Amen? Now, that's a salvation. That's a salvation. When you understand that, that, that there is none good, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God. We have, if you have your righteousness, you have no righteousness. But if you have the righteousness that's in Christ, that's all you'll ever need. I remember my dad, trying to explain this to my dad. My dad grew up going to church. My dad, like myself, my dad was a much older version of myself, of course, and he had done many things wrong in his life. He committed many sins in his life. He, had, he has no doubt that there's a God. He has no doubt that there's a God. He just believes that he's going to be judged. He believes that he is, that he is in line to meet God in his sins, and he's going to be judged for his sins, and this is why, because he can't possibly do enough good now to outweigh all the things that he's done wrong so far in his life. And when I got saved, I got saved at the age of 22, when I went home to see my dad after I got saved, and I was talking, and I was talking about it just as joyfully as I'm talking about it this morning, and I was going on and on and on, and he stopped me, and he said, Chuck, Chuck, you make it sound like you're sure you're going to heaven right now. I said, Dad, I am sure I'm going to heaven right now. He said, you can't be sure. I said, you can be sure. You can be sure. You ask me how I know he lives? Because he lives within my heart. He dwells here within me. And then my dad asked me this question. He said, if that's true, then why do you spend all of your time going out on the streets? And this is, I'm going, I was going to the, to the streets in, um, in, in, in Burlington, excuse me, in Montpelier, Vermont, which is the capital which is not a big capital, by the way. As capitals go, it's a pretty tiny capital. But I was going down, which my parents live close to there. I was going down every, and handing out tracts on the streets. And he said, if, if you're going to heaven right now, then why do you go hand tracts out to people every day? 
I said, Dad, if I had the cure to cancer, I'd go to all the hospitals and tell them what the cure to cancer was. But I don't have the cure to cancer, but I do have the way to heaven. Amen? So I'm just going to tell other people so they can have the same thing that I have. Amen? I don't get any gold star, brownie points, attaboys from God for doing it. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I just want to tell them because I want them to know. Amen? And that brings us to verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. This is, I want you to... uh, I want you to take your pen, and I want you to circle these three things. If you've never done this in your Bible before, I want you to circle these three things. Let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let us consider one another. Let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let us consider one another. And this is, if you, if you, want, to, if you want to understand how this is true, go back to verse 19 and put a big, big box, big box, 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 around having their boldness, and go to verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God. Because I have these things, because you have these things, because we have these things, let us do these things. Amen? Yes? Can you see it? Can you see the big, big foundational box? Having, written in that box. Having Christ, having a great high priest, and then on top of it, a box that says, let us. Let us do these things. See, don't do these things so you can have God. Because you have God, let us do these things. Amen? The one comes before the other. You cannot earn favor with God by doing these things. But because the blood of Christ has already saved you, let's do these things. But let me say this. If you have no interest in these three things, drawing close to God, keeping the faith, and and provoking or considering one another to provoke unto love and to good works, there's something wrong at best. There's something wrong with your Christianity. And probably, and I, and, I, and I mean this with all my heart, probably you're just not a new creature. You're probably just not a new creature. Because once you're a new creature, you stop thinking about you all the time. And you start caring about others. Suddenly, you desire what Jesus desires. And what does Jesus desire? Not his own will but his Father's will and the good of the people that he's around. Amen? Yes? No? Yes? That's what God wants to do in our lives. See, that's what he wants to do in our lives. And if you are, if you have, if you have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood, if you have this great high priest, then you will want to assemble together. You'll want to go boldly to the throne of grace. You'll want to keep the things that God is committing to us. And most importantly, you will want to start considering one another. I went into this the other week. We don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk about considering again. Think about the word consider for a moment. What does the word consider mean? And what it means, listen, what it means is to think about something to the point of action. Considering is to think about something to the point of action. This is, and this is, this is the simplest way to recognize this. I'm walking down the sidewalk, and I'm coming towards this building, and I recognize that behind me, about three steps behind me, Mrs. Dryley is walking, roughly three steps behind me. And I, it crosses my mind that Mrs. Dryley is behind me. And then I think about it for a second. And then I suddenly realize I need to hold the door open when I get there. Yes? And we would say, oh, how considerate. How considerate. And that's exactly what the word means. 
Somebody who is considerate is not thinking about themselves anymore. They are now thinking about the people around them. Listen, but not just thinking about them. They're now thinking about them to the point of acting upon those thoughts. And God says, now notice what it says. Let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and do good works. Listen, it's not simply let me tell you that you should be doing these things. It's no, let me live my life in such a way that you would say, if he can have that, I should be able to have that. Amen? Yes? No? I mean, honestly, if you knew me before, if you knew me before and you say, if, if, if Pastor Pearson can be made like he is now, then God can make me like that. Amen? And the answer is, yes. Yes, he can. And so, the, listen, the provoking, the, I, I was wrong about this, Pastor. For so many years of my life, I really, I missed the idea of considering. And I looked at it this way. Let us provoke one another. In fact, I would just leave it out when I quoted it. Let us provoke one another to love and to good works. And so provoking one another was me going around telling you, hey, you should be doing this. Hey, you should be doing this because I was provoking you to love and to good works. But if I'm considering you, you'll be seeing that considerate life in me and it will cause you to say, why am I not considerate? Why am I not like that? God, you have to make me like that. You have to make me someone who loves other people and my life becomes filled with good works. Amen? Yes? Now, I wouldn't say look at the pastor for that. I would say look at Jesus for that. Amen? You want to see somebody who's considerate? He's nothing but considerate. You go back and you go read the Gospel of Mark again. Find out how many times it says straightway, anon, uh, immediately. It's like he's a nonstop servant. All he does is help, 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 help. It's getting late and there's a long line of people that's healed. And Jesus doesn't say, well, it's time to close the curtain. Come on back tomorrow and we'll get to you too. Just keep bringing them. Just keep bringing them. It goes into the night. Just keep bringing them. And Jesus keeps touching them. And he keeps changing their lives. Why? Why? Because he cares more about them than he does about himself. Amen? That's the sign. Those are the signs of someone who is a new creature. And if you're thinking about you all the time, then you need to be saved. You need to be rescued. If it's, I can't do this or I can do that, you know, half the, half the time I hear people, they call it, they call it um, humility. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, me, oh, shut up. Really, it's not about you. It's not about you. Oh, God, do you want to say something about yourself? Oh, God, rescue me. That's the way to talk about yourself. Oh, God, rescue me. And here's the wonderful thing. He has the power to rescue everybody. Amen? You say, but you don't know what I've done. You've done nothing that I haven't done. And I'm not saying that to brag. You've done nothing that I haven't done. And Jesus saved me. And Jesus did more than save me. He saved me and gave me life. And what you see, the difference that you see is life. It's actual life. It's that I didn't have this before. All I had before was me. And I'm telling you, we are some sick people by ourselves. We are some terrible people by ourselves. And the funny thing is some of you are thinking, ooh, you must have been terrible. <laughs> And you might want to find a mirror. <laughs> Let us consider one another. Now notice this right here, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting. This is where it means to encourage. But encouraging one another. And notice this. And so, this is, this is something that, this is like something we need to, you need to put on your refrigerator. And so much the more. 
as you see the day approaching. Now, by the way, the day approaching here, what's interesting about this, the, the phrase the day approaching is many people have talked about this day, day as the day of the Lord approaching. This is actually talking about the day when this was written contextually, this is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, which is just around the corner. And it is becoming very evident at the time that this book of Hebrews is written that they are going to destroy Jerusalem, that Jerusalem is going to fall. And listen, and they are going to go into the end of Jerusalem for a long historical period of time. And he says, as you see that, listen, because when that happens, when that happens, there are many people who are going to misunderstand and believe that God is not there for them. But he says, but if you have Christ, if you have, t- if you have Christ, the temple doesn't even matter. Amen? Why would it? It's the whole point of Hebrews, right? If you have Christ, you have a better priest than all the priests in the temple. Yes? The, the Levitical or the Aaronic priesthood means nothing if you have the true priest. Amen? All of that was a picture anyway, pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have this, is what he's saying. And provoking one another. Boy, I, mm, mm. If, you, if, it, if it, well, let me say this. In a little bit, in a little bit, in the next couple of weeks, I'm probably going to give out uh, cards to all the men and basically ask you, ask you to please be involved in this and considering one another. There, there is so much that needs to be done, and, and it's going to require that everybody stop living for themselves and start living for those around them instead. We're all going home soon. We're all going home soon. It won't be long. And I'm not talking about the trumpet sounding this afternoon and Jesus coming, although the trumpet could sound this afternoon and Jesus could come. But we're all going home soon, even if we live to 100, we're all going home soon. It will be, ask Dr. Hardison how long it will take before it's over. I'm 50 years old right now. I'm sure he remembers when he was 50 years old. And I bet it was yesterday that he was 50 years old. I'm actually 51, for those of you who actually know all I am. I'm not trying to lie about my age. I'm making rough, rough statements, okay? I'm not 20 anymore. Let's put it that way. But those of you who are 20, those of you who are in your teens, those of you who don't even have two digits in your birthday yet, it will be over soon. Don't waste your life. Tim, I'll tell you, I wish Tim Drolley could preach about every third message here. You know, this missionary, former Navy SEAL missionary in Italy. And what he would say is this. He gave his best years, his strong years, when his knees work and his back work, he gave those not to Jesus, but to himself. And he was born again, but he lived for himself when he could have been living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's living for the Lord Jesus Christ in a wonderful way. And he's not doing it to make up for the lost time. He's doing it because he realizes what he should have been doing all along in his life. exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then this is what it says, for, for, do this for one another. Because, listen to me, listen, listen. Now, I want you to picture this. I want you to understand what this is saying. Go back to the word consider. And I want you to understand, there are people, if you think that you know somebody who professes to be saved, but you don't think they are, would you raise your hand? Go ahead, nice and high, okay? I, I know someone that, I, that thinks they're saved, and I don't think they're saved. Raise your hand nice and high. All right, you want to know what the best thing you can do for them? Consider them. Consider them. Live a considerate life in front of them, that they might see your love 
and good works, that they might see what God will do for you. Yes, that they may behold your good works and they may say this, can I have that instead of the religion that I've got? Can I have what you have instead of the vanity that I've got? I, I, I call myself a Christian, but I don't have the love that you have. I don't have the good works that you have. God is not working in my life like he's working. Can I have And your answer is yes, you can. You understand that? That is, look, because if, when, when they're gone, for if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Those who don't have Christ will eventually fall away. And they will, and listen, they will, it will look as if they're leaving Christ, but they're not leaving Christ. They don't have him. They don't have him. They don't have him. What they have is Christendom. They have American religion. That's what they have. You want to rescue them from that? Then let God work in your life. And I mean this, honestly. The, 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 greatest, need, the greatest need in America is for the children of God to live like the children of God. Amen? And stop being at ease in Zion. I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine how, you know, the, the Bible says that, that there's one last weeping and one last wiping away of tears before there are no more tears. And I promise you those tears are the tears that Christians are going to cry because they did not live the life that they could have lived in front of so many people. And the choice is yours. The choice, the choice is not mine for you. The choice is mine for me. The choice is yours for you. You'll have to decide how you're going to live your life. You'll have to decide how you're going to live your life. Because there are some people who don't have the truth. You know, it's funny. We, we, we say, we, we, we use the term um, uh, backsliders. I know some backsliders. They haven't been to church in 20 years. Sounds like apostasy to me, not backsliding. Sounds like somebody who never had the truth. Do you have any idea how many people were led a prayer in a Christian school in the fifth grade that were never born again? It was rampant in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s here in the United States of America. All of these people who, oh, I remember when, I re and what's really interesting is when they start doubting their salvation, somebody in their family will pull out the, no, no, I remember when you were baptized. Where's the life? Where is the life in this? Yes? No? Where is the new creature in this? Where is the, I have a wonderful, uh, uh, since Jesus came into my heart, right? Where is that? If you don't have that, you don't have life. Put that down. Really, put it down. Say, I can't square what you're preaching with what I learned when I was in fifth grade because they're not the same thing. Because ABC, repeat after me, won't get you into heaven. Do you understand that? You'll have to repent. You'll have to recognize that you are a sinner, a terrible sinner who cannot earn hell, I mean, excuse me, earn heaven and has earned hell and only Christ can save you. Amen? And you'll have to ask him personally. Can't come with your friend. One of the things that really, the thing that concerns me most is when people raise their hand for salvation and two or three people beside each other raise their hand for salvation at the same time. And they all walk down because you wonder who's really being dealt with. Holy Ghost, who's really being dealt with here? And who just came because their friend came down? And I want some too. Because salvation is not I want some too. 
It's God be merciful to me, sinner. 